It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We've been spending a lot of time recently talking about transfer portal options for BYU, particularly at the quarterback position. But what if it comes to it that BYU ultimately decides to rely on the guys they currently have in the quarterback room? What would that mean for BYU's fortunes in 2024? We're talking about that and also some pretty gaudy numbers for BYU basketball headed into Big 12 play from Ken Palm. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you once again, and appreciate all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. By way of introduction, this is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And, of course, uh, we are brought to you today by our friends over at Game Time. Today's episode brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the app today, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. All right, let's dive right in and talk some BYU football. Now, I mentioned in the open uh, that we've been talking a lot about BYU's options in the transfer portal at quarterback. We've been through a number of names out there, talking about guys like Jaden Maiava. Obviously, Gary Bohannon has been a topic of conversation. Other names out there uh, have been kind of flying left, right, and center. And I'm not surprised by any of it. Uh, a couple of you actually asked me immediately in the aftermath of uh, Caden Salter uh, from Liberty uh, jumping into the portal. What are the chances BYU gets into the mix there? I would imagine that BYU's essentially kicked the tires on any and all uh, dual threat quarterbacks in the portal to gauge their interest in BYU. And to this point, uh, the most concrete uh, news I have is I am still fully expecting Gary Bohannon to end up as a BYU Cougar. Could that obviously fall apart? Yes, it could. But it looks like that is the most likely addition, as it were, for BYU out of the transfer portal. And that brings up an interesting conversation because I've had this conversation with a number of you uh, via our subtext community. And by the way, if you've not signed up for our subtext, community. Just another shameless plug to join us. Uh, it's really fun. You guys can text back and forth with myself. It's actually a really, really fun way uh, to interact with y'all. Uh, and it's brought up some interesting conversations. And I want to uh, bring up one comment from Andy Stallings uh, on today's show. He says this, it seems like Gary Bohannon, from what, I heard, what I've heard, would be a similar situation uh, to Keaton Slowis. Had a pretty good start to his collegiate career, then it's kind of tapered off as the seasons have gone along. Is there something different with Bohannon, or could we be looking to repeat what happened last season? That's an interesting point you make there, Andy, but I think the biggest thing for Gary Bohannon is he's run BYU's offense before, and what that means is uh, he led Baylor to that Big 12 championship running the offense that Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick implemented at BYU, and Grimes ultimately took with him when he made the move to Baylor to be the offensive coordinator for the Bears. So Gary Bohannon, at minimum, has experience, previous experience, in the offense and the concepts that BYU runs on a daily basis versus is Keaton Slovis, who played in an air raid offense at USC and a more of a pro system style 
at Pitt before coming to BYU. I'm not saying it's impossible for a quarterback to pick up the system, but uh, a guy like uh, uh, Gary Bohannon would already have strong familiarity with what BYU has run and will run if he were to be the guy for BYU under uh, under center at quarterback. But the other thing about this is I think we are uh, discounting the no- the names that BYU currently has in their quarterback room. I would imagine that BYU is still thinking that Jake Retzloff has the promise, the potential, the talent that they thought he had as the number one ranked junior college quarterback coming out in the last recruiting cycle. He did go 0-4, and his stats were were not great, had turnover issues. We, we get all of that, and the, the evidence suggests that he is not necessarily the right guy for the job, but I would imagine he's going to compete at minimum in spring camp and training camp for a chance to continue on as BYU starting quarterback. And the other thing I'm wondering about, and this is kind of the thought I've had, and, and this kind of came to my mind as I've been uh, discussing uh, quarterback options with y'all, uh, is that what if BYU is banking on, okay, 2024 is not necessarily going to be an elite year for us at quarterback. If we can get uh, just enough out of our quarterbacks, we were on the doorstep of getting to six wins in 2023. Think about it. They had Oklahoma and Oklahoma State on the ropes at points, and had they won one of those games, they're going to the postseason. So BYU may be thinking, if we get a little more steady quarterback play, and I guess that at minimum, a guy like Gary Bohannon could potentially offer that, what are the chances that a guy like Noah Lugo, who is joining BYU, I believe next week as a mid-year enrollee uh, to BYU, what are the chances in 2025 and beyond that an elite athlete, a true track star, uh, in, in the case of a guy like Noah Lugo, could uh, eventually develop and take over that quarterback job? Are we still discounting a guy like Ryder Burton living up to his promise coming out of Springville High School and him being the guy for BYU at quarterback? Maybe, just maybe, the conversation needs to focus a little more on the bodies in that room, and in particular, the young quarterbacks in BYU's quarterback room. Most notably, I would say Noah Lugo and Ryder Burton. I'm not saying that they are going to be the answer for BYU, but I'm saying they could be part of the solution for BYU long term. Look, I I, I get that Aaron Roderick has become a lightning rod for Cougar fans. There's a large uh, amount of voices who want to see him, or wanted to see him uh, lose his job after a subpar year this past year. There's a number of people saying that he's, he's failed on the recruiting trail to find adequate options to stock that quarterback room full of talent. The one thing that I can say about Aaron Roderick is he knows good quarterback play when he sees it, and the problem is it feels like he got caught uh, with some circumstances that maybe a little bit were outside of his control. And What I mean by that is, think about the situation that Baylor Romney left BYU in. Think about it. Baylor Romney was in a quarterback room with Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall, both of which are in the NFL, and I can tell you BYU coaches thought that Baylor Romney was right there amongst uh, that caliber of a quarterback. They thought they had three bonafide dudes at the quarterback position. What does Baylor Romney do? He decided uh, uh, quite late, honestly, in in the cycle to decide to give up football and move on with his professional life. There is a real possibility that 2023 and this upcoming season 2024 could have been Baylor Romney's time to shine in BYU's offense had he decided to stick around. I think with him deciding to hang it up, BYU looked at their other options in the quarterback room, said, okay, they're not ready quite yet, or maybe they're just not the right option for us and had to go out and find a guy like Keaton Slovis and obviously bringing in a guy like Jake Retzloff. I'm not saying that this is this would have fixed all of the ills for BYU. Had a 
Baylor Romney stuck around and, and decided I'm going to bide my time and then get my opportunity. But I'm saying I think it may have caught BYU a little unawares or off guard. And yes, that does fall in the lap of a guy like Aaron Roderick. But I think he's trying to make amends for it. I, I can tell you that based on what I have seen from Noah Lugo and the conversations I've had with people about a guy like Noah Lugo, they are very, very high on his ability. Does he still need to develop as a quarterback, as a true uh, passer of the football? Yes, he does. But he has got all of the dual threat capability. This is a kid who is a sprint champion, runs the hurdles in Texas at the highest level, and is among the uh, state's best in terms of the hurdles. So he's got elite athleticism. Can his uh, quarterbacking ability come along and uh, make him an option? I also can tell you that BYU's coaches are ecstatic to have a guy like Enoch Watson in the in the pipeline uh, for years down the road. Now, Enoch Watson, obviously coming up from Arizona, is a guy that BYU hopes, as soon as he gets done with his mission, can come in and compete for time uh, with the Cougars. He's got the size. He's got the arm ability. He proved it uh, taking a smaller school, one of the smallest schools in the open division, if I'm not mistaken, in Arizona in ALA Queen Creek, which obviously Ty Detmer and uh, Max Hall are coaches at, and leading them into the playoffs and having a, actually a quite strong run there. This is a kid who has got a lot of potential in him, and BYU is very excited to have him, but uh, once again, the problem for BYU right now is time is not on their side. They need to get a bona fide dude at cornerback, excuse me, at, not cornerback, quarterback, uh, speaking of uh, the offense, to lead BYU in 2024. Faulty quarterback play was a huge, huge reason why BYU struggled as much as they did in 2023. The offensive line can't be accepted. The running backs can't be accepted. But all of us who are Cougar fans who have watched BYU for any significant period of time know that it begins and ends with the quarterback position, and BYU's got to find the right option. Uh, so maybe it is 2024 that you you kind of say, okay, this is what we got. This is what we're going to go with. If it is Gary Bohannon and the guys currently in the room, uh, we'll see. But the other thing is, Looking at 2025 and beyond, can one of the young quarterbacks, as I mentioned, uh, Ryder Burton and or Noah Lugo, can they end up uh, taking this year, really emerging, and then stepping out into the spotlight and carrying BYU forward in 2025 and beyond? It's it's a gamble. I'll freely acknowledge that. But I think BYU is trying to do the best to get themselves out of a pickle that they find themselves in. Ultimately, I, maybe it's the right answer, maybe it's not, and... People's jobs are on the line, obviously. Every single time you don't have the season that you expect to have and when you don't go, uh, don't go bowling for the first time, or excuse me, the second time in 20 years, there's going to be a lot of people uh, with a lot of scrutiny uh, looking at them. And that obviously points directly to a guy like Aaron Roderick and the rest of the BYU offensive coaching staff. So very interesting times at quarterback, but I guess it's one part of the conversations. Maybe we've been discounting the guys currently in the room for BYU and maybe... They are the options that BYU is ultimately, have to rely, ultimately going to have to rely on in 2024, even if it seems like a dicey proposition at the very best. But uh, we'll dig into that a little bit more as it moves along. And anything I learn, I'll be sure to pass along to you guys as well. All right, uh, coming up here in a moment, we're going to talk a little BYU basketball. Now, uh, Ken, Palm, Ken Pomeroy, obviously KenPom.com, uh, he is projecting an absolutely gaudy, Big 12 record for BYU, at least his, his website, KenPom.com is. We'll talk about if that is realistic and if BYU ultimately can accomplish what he is projecting for them. We'll get to all that next right here on Locked on Cougars.
Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Of course, Game Time is here for you all when you want to go to the events you want to go to. Whether it's sports, music, comedy, theater events, anything you're looking forward to going to, Game Time has got the options for you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee that they feature in their app, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets and allows you to focus on having fun at the event you're going to. Uh, BYU basketball obviously has been a hot ticket right now. If you want to get out uh, to the game, well, Game Time might be the option for you guys. You want to go to Utah Jazz games, etc. No matter what it is, they've got options for you guys. The best part is they're obsessed with finding the ways to save you money on tickets. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's all uh, the place to find, it's the only place, excuse me, to find last minute seats and they want to give you guys the best deal possible. They have zone deals where you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for big time savings. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with our friends at Game Time today, my friends. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to remind you guys that the Locked On Podcast Network has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel right now. All right. BYU basketball ranked 12th in the country, 12-1, and gearing up as they take on Cincinnati on Saturday. I, for one, am ecstatic. The Big 12 play is here. It's going to be fun to see how BYU ultimately fares. Are, are they the paper tiger that some are making them out to be? Are they as good as uh, some th- people think they are? Or are they going to fall on their face in, in Big 12 play? Well, I can tell you Ethan Strauss, uh, Ethan Strauss, I remember who, was, who wrote it yesterday, uh, said that BYU was a winner of the non-conference slate, but did say that uh, he's a little concerned that BYU why you feasted on lesser lesser opposition in their non-conference slate, and I can understand that. But KenPom.com, obviously Ken Pomeroy, one of the gurus of uh, college basketball analytics, his website is projecting BYU in Big 12 play this season. I'm talking about right now, starting with Cincinnati on Saturday night and over the next two months and change. He is projecting, at least his website is projecting, BYU to go 13-5 and in uh, Big 12 play. That would put BYU's record, folks, at 25 and six. If BYU is a twenty-five and six going into Selection Sunday, is BYU a two seed, three seed at the very worst? Uh, that's where they would probably be if they accomplished that thirteen and five record. Am I expecting BYU to notch a thirteen and five record? Well, I didn't expect them to be twelve and one at a non-conference play, so I guess I can't rule it out. But I am of the opinion that BYU, you sit at nine and nine. If you go eight, if you split your games, you you win nine, you lose nine in Big Twelve play, you're going to be a single digit seed, and that's plenty good enough for me uh, watching this BYU basketball team. But yeah, thirteen and five. 
If BYU gets 13-5 and five in Big 12 play, I'm telling you, you're looking on the, the two-line, the three-line, and those projections by uh, Lunardi, obviously is his uh, projections for the NCAA tournament field, they have BYU playing in Salt Lake City, which would be awesome, by the way, to be able to go to the Delta Center and support the Cougars in the NCAA tournament, potentially watch them punch their ticket uh, to the Sweet 16 in front of their hometown fans. What an incredible opportunity that would be. And the way to do that is to be a two or a three seed. And I believe the last time that we saw updates from Lunardi in his bracketology had BYU as a three seed playing in Salt Lake City. So there is a lot on the line uh, this season for BYU basketball. It's crazy to consider how low the expectations were. This was a team, let me remind you, was picked 13th out of 14 teams in the Big 12 this season. And they are now 12-1, ranked 12th in the country, and about to embark on their first ever Big 12 conference slate. It's not going to be easy. There are some absolute bear trap uh, road games for BYU. You have to go to West Virginia, which I know West Virginia has been dealing with all kinds of uh, turmoil, guys transferring their coach uh, being forced out, Bobby Huggins, etc. But the fact you have to travel all the way to West Virginia to play that game, that's a tough, tough thing to do for BYU. They also have ranked opponents up and down this schedule. you got Baylor twice. You're going to go to Baylor and play the first ever league game in their new home venue next week. You're going to have Kansas. You're going to have Kansas State. You're going to have Texas. Just look at the, the, the rankings and the slated games BYU has upcoming over the next two months. And I'll just say this. Sit back and enjoy this. This is going to be absolutely incredible. Is BYU going to lose their fair share? Absolutely. As I said, my expectation is 9-9 nine and nine for BYU in Big 12 play. Anything above that, they're sitting at 500 in my mind. You go anything above that, that's gravy in my world. And this is a big Big opportunity for BYU basketball. I, I think that they have really proven themselves to be a deep, talented. They're able to play multiple forms of offense and defense. Uh, the great thing about a guy like Hill Fennell, who is essentially the defensive coordinator for BYU, is if you watch possession by possession for BYU basketball, they can play four or five straight possessions and switch defenses every single time down the court. Uh, one moment they're playing a box and one. One minute they're playing a 2-3 zone. Next they're playing man. Uh, just the, the, They're playing matchup zones. Like The crazy thing is, is the versatility of this lineup for BYU is beneficial both offensively and defensively. I have seen a number, and I've watched BYU basketball for darn near my entire life. I have seen a number of BYU basketball teams who are extremely versatile on offense. Think of those Jimmer Fredette excuse me, Jimmer Fredette-led teams. Uh, think of the guys like Tyler Hawes. Uh, think of some of those teams where the offense was not the problem. The problem was they could only play really one, maybe, maybe not even one uh, style of defense adequately, and uh, teams feasted on them. Think about the, those some of those past teams. This year's squad has it on both ends of the court, which bodes very, very well for their chances in the Big 12. But it is going to be a murderer's row. BYU is not going to have any games off here in the in Big 12 play. As I mentioned, you go to West Virginia, who's considered to be one of the down teams in the Big 12 this year, and they have still got a very strong tradition and a lot of talented players. Uh, UCF, I think they were picked 14th, if I'm not mistaken, just behind BYU. The only team picked to be worse than BYU. Are they 9-3 and on the season so far? The Big 12 is shaping up to be awesome this year. So, from a sheer entertainment aspect, I am ecstatic to be watching BYU do their thing. How would they be competitively? Are like are they that true paper tiger that's kind of fooled us all? 
we'll learn that, I think, very early on if that is the truth here in Big 12 play. But just as easily, are they that team that KenPalm.com believes can go 13-5 and five and have a 20, what was it say, 25 wins on the season going into Selection Sunday? If that is the case... Get excited because at 25 and 6 BYU squad, if this, that's how it plays out over the next two months, if they have won 25 games and gone through the caliber of schedule the Big 12 will put in front of them. That's a team in my mind that has got an opportunity to go to the Final Four. I, I'll say that, but you've got to go out and prove it. Once again, I'm not saying BYU's Final Four caliber. I actually think that they're Sweet 16, maybe, uh, in my mind at best. But uh, let me reiterate if they do accomplish what the Ken Palm ratings believe they can do, that's a bona fide, yeah, Final Four type contender because you'd be a two or a three seed and be one of those teams people are talking about saying, this was team was picked 13 out of 14 in the Big 12, and now they're ranked what? In the top 10? It just... Incredible, incredible things could play out for BYU this season. So sit back, enjoy it, folks. This is going to be a very, very fun two months, and there are going to be losses along the way. But let's not get too high or too low on this BYU basketball team because they have proven uh, just once again to be a versatile, deep, and veteran-laden squad, and that bodes well for their chances as Big 12 play gets underway. All right, uh, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on in other BYU sports, the BYU women's basketball team. Uh, struggled uh, to make baskets in their Big 12 home opener. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about uh, where some other BYU programs are projected to play uh, to finish Excuse me, in their first year in the Big 12 as well. We'll get to all that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. Now, UCCU has been with us for months, actually over a year now. That's part of UCCU is they got the Learn and Earn feature. Uh, part of their uh, new app, uh, their UCCU mobile banking app, is paying your entire family to learn about money. Kids obviously look to parents to be more financially literate, and parents don't always have the right answers. I can assure you I do not when it comes uh, to answer some of these questions. The best part is Learn and Earn breaks down those financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. And every time a family member completes a topic, you earn points, that accrue and can be redeemed for gift cards uh, to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. This part is their age-appropriate content for every member of the family, all competing against one another and track your progress on leaderboards. And the best part is the, the Learn and Earn feature is inside the UCC mobile banking app once again, so you can play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn. And of course, the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and Earn, part of UCC's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun by becoming more financially literate to Together, it's all courtesy of your friends at UCCU. Love where you bank. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Of course, the NFL season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 added to your account in bonus bets, win or lose. Think about that, my friends. It's an incredible offer. The app is easy to use, and there's many different different ways to play, including live uh, same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab that you may be of interest to you, you want to take advantage. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays amongst other sports bettors. The best part is other options, simple as if you want to bet on the spread, money line, over-unders, win totals, whatever you want to do. It's all available to you now courtesy of our friends at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Once again, $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. Take advantage of it now. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's all part of FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. 
Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you for your continued support of the podcast. If you want to have another way to support this show uh, financially in particular, you can do it by joining our subtext community. What it is, is it's uh, it's a way to interact with the show simply via text messages. Uh, there's links in the show notes, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to wherever you get your podcast. Enter your phone number. You get a 14-day free trial. You can have direct access to myself texting back and forth. Messages come directly to your phone. It's $4.99 a month after that 14-day free trial. We'd love to have you guys be a part of it. Uh, we are uh, pushing towards 60 subscribers at this point. I've got goals uh, this year to make it a huge huge part uh, of the show as some of you may have heard and or noticed yesterday on the podcast we did a mailbag edition with Connor Pay and all of the questions we've got 11 or 12 of the uh, questions in uh, all of them came from our subscribers on subtext it's going to be the way to really be uh, the chief I guess way to interact with the show. Social media has really become a little bit of a, a, an issue. I don't sometimes see a DMs on social media platforms for whatever reason. This is a way, like I said, it comes directly to my phone and goes directly to your phone. Uh, it's as simple as sending a text message. So sign up today, click the link uh, wherever you get your podcast in the show notes or on YouTube here and join us on subtext. All right, uh, a couple of notes before we go on today's show is BYU women's basketball is off to an 0-2 start in Big 12 play after their home opener against the Oklahoma Sooners did not go their way. BYU shot just 29% from the field, 20 of 69 overall. Not a good night uh, for BYU overall. They lose 75-63 to the Sooners. Uh, this is a squad for BYU that's going to have nights like this. And uh, uh, Amber Whiting, the head coach last night, said, we got to make shots, period. And she's not wrong. The ball didn't go in the hoop uh, to quote the the great uh, Jim Boylan obviously with that famous quote during his time at the University of Utah uh, I will say Lauren Gustin had a phenomenal performance in her own right 15 points 20 rebounds and when by the way when the opposing coach gets up in post game uh, press conference says hey we limited her to 20 rebounds that's the mark of you being an elite athlete. And obviously, Lauren Gustin, she is leading the nation double-doubles. She's just an absolute uh, living legend at BYU with some of the things she's done in a Cougar uniform, and it's absolutely spectacular. Uh, to see her getting some of her due. And the hope is that she will continue to get that opportunity to show that the rest of the season. But uh, there's going to be nights like this. Because outside of Lauren Gustin, it's a very uh, young BYU women's basketball team. There are going to be nights they're going to make shots in bunches. And they probably will punch above their weight on nights like that. But the other thing is, BYU will have nights like they had last night against Oklahoma and drop games like that. You're not going to win many games when you shoot just 29% from the field. But uh, that's where things stand uh, for the Cougars right now. All right, a couple of notes uh, for you guys on other BYU sports before we go on this Thursday edition of the podcast is congratulations to the BYU men's volleyball team. They have been uh, tabbed ninth in the country in the newest, uh, I guess I should say, the preseason AVCA poll. That uh, is the most prestigious poll out there when it comes to men's volleyball. Uh, the men's volleyball program has got a strong tradition. Obviously, uh, they have been ranked uh, seemingly ever since it became a Division One sport. They have the three national titles uh, to their credit, but obviously in a bevy of national title appearances, but have been uh, shut out. Uh, it was a 2004, so 20 years since BYU last captured an NCAA championship. They open the season tomorrow as they ho- will host Ball State in a pair of back-to-back matches inside the Smith Fieldhouse and encourage you guys to get out there and support the men's volleyball program uh, if you have the time and means to do so, but a great opportunity all the same. And then uh, on the men's and women's tennis side of things, now the men's volleyball program is the lone uh, 
a college uh, program at BYU that is not a member of the Big 12 Conference because men's volleyball is not sponsored by the Big 12. They are remaining in the MPSF, their longtime home uh, for uh, men's volleyball. But uh, the men's and women's tennis teams are going to uh, compete in the Big 12. The men's team was picked 7th out of 7 teams with just 7 uh, uh, points in the preseason poll on their side. And the women's tennis program has picked ninth in the Big 12 uh, preseason poll. So uh, not uh, very high expectations for BYU men's and women's uh, tennis, but uh, these are two programs that are going to, I think, uh, have to have a lot of work done uh, to compete at an elite level when it comes to really uh, being a, a power program, I guess I should say, in the Big 12. Uh, but don't think uh, too down on this uh, on these tennis programs, but they've got some work to do because they are projected not to finish very high. Obviously, dead last for the men's uh, tennis team. There's only seven uh, uh, Big 12 programs uh, when it comes to men's tennis. But, yeah, uh, nowhere to go but up uh, in many respects for men's and women's tennis. Obviously, the season opens up for both of them. I believe the women's team is headed to Hawaii, yeah, I think today. Uh, maybe they're already in Hawaii. I don't remember exactly when they were going out there, but they're headed out to Hawaii. And there are worse places to be in the dead of winter here in Utah than in the islands. So uh, congratulations to them on doing that alone. So congratulations on that front. All right, so there you go. That's what I got for you guys on this Thursday edition of the podcast. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow talking all things BYU sports. Could BYU have hired a new uh, tight ends coach at that point? Maybe so. Will they have already signed Gary Bohannon? TBD. Who knows what's going to happen? We'll have it all covered for you as we always do right here on Locked On Cougars. So a big thank you once again for making it your first listen of the day. And obviously a big thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us as well. And until tomorrow, my friends, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.